Mendy here from the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome players to the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. We are the fantasy football show that is as cool as the other side of the pillow. Me, Mendy here, hosting until they tell me to stop. Joined by Johnny Foosball. <laughs> oh, well, we'll get to that loser later. John, another Raiders win and another smile on your face, I see. What's up with that? This one was a little bit easier. First non-close game they've had all season. Yeah, it might be a threat for the Chiefs this week, but we'll see if that actually... Uh, ends up I, people are first. saying it. People They're, are saying it. We also have the dude that rudely ruined my intro, the doc, Eric Mendelson, currently self-quarantining, probably getting fat over there. How's that going? Nah, man, actually losing weight here. You wish I was getting fat like you. You're just confined to your bedroom. I was hoping. We also have a guy here that doesn't seem to like Wiseman. James Wiseman, that is. And that's the Bradster Domus, Brad Kilgore. What's up, man? A little crossover, a little promotion for the, the triple play basketball pod. I love it. I'm a daily listener, man. I have to uh, promote some good stuff that I hear. And I want to introduce our other guest here. And this is a man that shows one pride positivity, and guest abilities the world has never seen. An FSWA member, contributor to Fantasy Pros, an IDP encyclopedia, and hopefully you sat next to him in school because this man has the DFS cheat sheets. A man that I can sum up in four words, and that's bottom of the barrel. We welcome in Detroit Beastie, Chris Robin. Thanks for having me. I can't... Had to give you the lion's roar. What's up, man? I don't think... Of all the broadcasts I've ever been on, I don't think I've ever been introed in, with quite the, the the zest and the love for life as you have. So uh, thank you so much. Glad to be here. No, of course, man. I had to do it up big for a big time guest. And um, we obviously we've uh, seen your work. We support your work because it's great stuff. A lot of useful information for all these fantasy players out there. Uh, we'll you know we'll dive into more of your work kind of later when I want to let you plug all your stuff for our listeners, but. Can you tell us how you got started with all this uh, fantasy stuff and DFS? Sure. It was all, to, to be fair, it was all pretty simple. Uh, a few years ago, maybe like four or five years ago, I was just uh, on it, seriously, on like a never ending quest for fantasy football stuff. And look, I'm not making this up as I go. So, you know, I play, I played some video games, Legend of Zelda. We're talking like original NES here, but I was on like a never ending quest for, for DFS uh, hockey. That's what it was. That's what got me started on this road here. And I could never find anything that I feel like that lived up to uh, what I thought it should be. Maybe it was my own faults or a defective character or something. I don't know. But I just decided to start making my own because I couldn't find what I wanted. So I knew that in my head and my pen and my writing hand, I could do anything I wanted. So I decided to start writing and, and getting involved that way. And that's how Bottom of the Barrel was born a few about five years ago or so. So, uh, if there's anything that you're looking for and you can't find it, I would be cool with you creating it yourself. That's a great lesson. If you can't find what you want, you go make it yourself. That's wise words from our man, Chris Robin, who's going to have many wise words for everybody today. Cause in the huddle, we have ranking rookies rest of season with six weeks left of the fantasy season for most leagues. It's time to revisit and re-rank the rookies at each position looking forward for the rest of the year. The crew will break down their top three quarterbacks and tight ends along with their top five running backs and wide receivers. Factors such as rest of season schedule, timeshares, efficiency, snap percentages, and more will be taken into account for this. And this is going to be extremely important info to take with you as we head down the home stretch. After that, we'll go to our question of the week. Who is or was the best fourth quarter coach of all time? And as always, we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. But first... Let's get to our news and notes. News and notes. Nick Foles was carted off with a look like a hip, shoulder, 
something injury last night. It's still kind of a little unclear about everything. Uh, start with the guest, Mr. Chris Robin. What does this mean for the Bears offense going forward? Well, it, I read what I read earlier this afternoon. It was like a hip and like a butt cheek kind of bruise soreness. So it doesn't <laughs> look anything long term. Uh, Chicago is on a bye week uh, this coming uh, weekend. So coming back in week 12. Uh, I don't know if things could get any worse for that offense. They were very ineffective last night. Nick Foles uh, missing missing throws, just limp-wristing it from what I've seen, just a personal uh, kind of thing that I saw there. So David Montgomery looks to be out two to six weeks. I mean, that's a big window there. I would be hard-pressed if David Montgomery doesn't play out of their bye week uh, coming up. Ryan Nall uh, saw maybe two or three carries, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't do much. Allen Robinson Robinson was the MVP on that offense yesterday, and he still couldn't get the ball as much as he wanted to because of the ineffectiveness of Nick Foles. So let's say uh, Nick Foles cannot play out of their bye week in week 12. What do you, you put in Mitchell Trubisky? Guess what? You're right back where you started in week one here. So to say how this affects the offense is kind of a, uh, it's, it's a fluid situation. They're, they're not doing much anyways. So uh I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Maybe just keep the guy out. If he's got such sore butt cheeks, uh, let Mitch Trubisky in there. Well, he is, I think Mitch Trubisky has a shoulder injury, right? So I was heard, I heard uh, Matt Nagy say today that he wasn't even 100% sure that uh, Trubisky would be ready after the bye week, which means we got to go to old Chiefs great Tyler Bray, put him back in there. <laughs> but uh, Doc, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean... The Chicago offense kind of poopy all year. I think the only person you start with any sort of confidence is Allen Robinson, especially because he took him early. Maybe Jimmy Graham if you're tight end desperate or playing a premium tight end league. But, I mean, maybe start their defense, but I don't know. Stay away oh, from I love, them. Yeah. love the defense. Mr. Johnny Foosball. Yeah, I was going to say just based on the Nick Foles injury alone, there's really no change to anything that you want to project for their offense. It's kind of similar to like when Garoppolo went out for the 49ers. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> hey. You that a shot. Throwing a shot at the dock. I love it. And Brad, what are you thinking? Yeah, I echo the same things that everybody's saying. Um, even if Foles is hurt, it's not like the Bears have a high-flying offense. You get any NFL quarterback a week of practice with the team and tell them to throw it up to Allen Robinson or – Dump it off to a running back, and I think they'll be in about the same position. Not necessarily trying to poop on the Bears, but watching them is kind of incredibly reminiscent of watching the Washington football team's offense and how constipated and frustrating it can be. It's just it's not a situation where you want to have any fantasy players on their team. Is that how to describe a bad offense is constipated? That's that that mind. I could argue that. I could argue both sides on that. <laughs> they can't ready move. To, they can't no, move. No, it's it's an explosive offense ready to burst. Yeah. This is getting it's, disgusting. It's, it's the Chicago Bears emoji now, the poop one with the little smiling and eyeballs. It's it's a frowning, a frowning poop emoji. Oh wow. <laughs> well let's get from someone who's not a poop emoji, maybe more like a one of those like health bag emojis, and that's Christian McCaffrey. He's out this week. And BC, I want to go back to you because they're playing the Detroit Lions this week. You're Detroit Lions. And do you trust Mike Davis? to against the worst run defense, they're ranked 32nd against the run. Do you trust Mike Davis to provide anything close to what he looked like earlier this season? My answer is uh, yes, absolutely less. Yes, 100 times yes. Uh, if you look at Mike Davis earlier on in the season in the absence of Christian McCaffrey, he was a darling, a guy we plucked off of waivers. Or if you, for some odd reason, uh, handcuffed Christian McCaffrey, don't know why you would have done that in the first place. But Mike Davis came in and he started to, you know, uh, gain some real momentum for our fantasy teams and our fantasy teams and the owners uh, thanked him for that. And then he kind of laid an egg uh, on this past Sunday. He was a darling once again in DFS formats and seasonal formats once again, and he kind of didn't do much, but I think, you know, him playing the lions this weekend, my lions uh, it's going to be same old, same old uh, Mike Davis from earlier in the season. If I may say, look at what JD McKissick did on Sunday, 15 targets. How many passes did he catch? Scored a touchdown. Antonio Gibson went wild with two touchdowns. Not a ton of yardage, but with fantasy, we're looking for touchdowns, targets and touches here. So Mike Davis is going to be a phenomenal play here. Maybe we just we missed him by a week in terms of uh, him being a, a DFS god here. 
And that DFS brain in us thinking, hey, people might fade him now because they're turned sour off him from last week. So more for us, right? That's it. I love that. Doc and John. What do you say, Brad? Not if its price goes down. That's going to make his ownership go up. They don't. They can't change prices though in the middle of the week, if I'm not mistaken. That is that correct though? No. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know what the prices are right now, but yeah, they wouldn't change it in the middle of the week. I, I think he's sixty-eight. What he just did. I think he's sixty-eight hundred. Mike Davis, I'm looking so, at it right now. He's seventy-four hundred dollars on Fanduel, and I, I trust you. Trust you. So, yeah. So prices no, last week were yeah. It's expensive, but then that more for Chris Robin then. So yeah, so Mike exactly. Mike. Mike Davis was RB7 before last week of obviously his dud, and he didn't play week one, and he's RB10. So he's technically an RB1, so I think you fire him up in all lineups. And, I mean, Chris Robbins, the Detroit fan, if he's telling me to play him in DFS, I'm plugging him in. All right. Let's move then to the next bit of news here. Drew Brees out for potentially the rest of the regular season. Got fractured, fractured ribs on both sides and a collapsed lung. That that sounds really bad. I mean, I'm surprised. Yeah, he stopped. He stopped. I mean, <laughs> they said John Payton told him, or he had never heard Drew Brees say he can't come back in the game. So that makes sense now. Jameis Winston's the starter, probably most likely the rest of the regular season going forward. My question is, and John, I'll start with you. In 12-team leagues, do you trust him as your starting quarterback going forward? And what does this help or hurt the pass catchers? Um, I think you absolutely trust him. This is finally vindicating me stashing him on my bench from last season in a dynasty league. <laughs> finally, he's, he's made the breakthrough. And I, again, I think honestly, this upgrades the pass catchers a little bit. He's an aggressive player. He's going to try and throw it and he's going to try and fit it into weird areas. Pass catchers don't get dinged because he throws a pick. They get only accolades because they get extra yards and touchdowns. Yeah. Jameis Winston was, I don't remember. He wasn't, I don't think one or two, but he was top five last year at, at the quarterback position. He threw 30 interceptions. So that's all you five. need to, that's all you need to know. You can throw 30 interceptions and still be a top five fantasy quarterback. So I would love it's that. It's only two points a pick. It doesn't matter. That's yeah, right. Really um, anybody disagree on Winston being top 12 viable going forward or think that it hurts the pass catchers? I'll just no. say, I'll, I'll just say, I'm the front man of the James Winston fan club. I think he's Brett Favre with bad press. He's just a gunslinger. If you're backed up through for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, most fan bases will be clamoring for him to be the starter. But Jameis is Jameis, so he's an afterthought. Um, he looks like he's dedicated a lot of time on his body, and he's looking slim. He's learning the Saints offense for 11 weeks now. There's no doubt in my mind the offense is going to be better without Drew Brees. Dinking and dunking Alvin Kamara half the time. Uh, that he drops back the pass. And I think a healthy Mike Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook, that's plenty of weapons for Jameis to start cooking up again. Um, he has much uh, farther air yards per target. Um, he takes many more opportunities downfield. I think he can really open up the Saints offense. And it kind of makes the Taysom Hill contract look even crazier because he's not even – like he's their third string quarterback. Like, why are you paying that kind of money for your third string quarterback? Like, I, I just, I am I don't praying they do not give him any snaps over Jameis Winston. Praying they don't do that. Oh, you oh, know he's gonna get I just say, I think, yeah, he's gonna get snaps. Can I, can I just say, I think this downgrades Camara. Yeah, I can understand that. He's not gonna get the check downs every time. Yeah, the, the dump offs and. Jameis Winston is going to chuck it down the field, and with more interceptions, that means the team will likely have the ball longer. Drew Brees only threw through three interceptions this year, so the Saints have been good at kind of controlling the clock and paying their playing their pace. And like Brad said, he's a gunslinger, so I anticipate more shots downfield, more interceptions, and then maybe them having to play from behind more. All right, fair enough. Last bit of news here: Jordan Howard out with the Dolphins after five games. He is now on the street. Helps give us more clarity in that backfield. Fire up Ahmed uh, for at least one more week. Should be a good pickup for a free agency if you need a one-week fill-in. And Teddy Bridgewater is day-to-day with a sprained MCL, so keep an eye on him. Potentially, if you obviously have him in your lineup. Or if you have the pass catchers, obviously, most likely it's going to take a hit for their value as P.J. Walker is a good athlete. I don't know if he's as good a quarterback as Mr. Teddy Bridgewater. If you like hearing about Jameis Winston, do you like what you're hearing so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. 
Want to hear more triple play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and basketball show that you can check out available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about celebrating us like the party emoji Chris Robin uses and leave us a five-star rating and review. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy. Eric and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions, annoying gifts, and of course, our weekly episode drops. Let's face it, the triple play plot, the triple play pod is like that greedy wide receiver that wants a 30% target share. Sure, other podcasts need feeding, but we want to be the one you look at as your first option every time you go to your podcast. We promise to produce and be that diva podcast you need. We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you. Thank you, the loyal player, for your listens each and every week. Let's go to ranking rookies rest of season. As we said before, six weeks left of the fantasy season. Can't believe it's already this far into the season already. It feels like it was just week one. So we're going to take a look at the offensive positions in this stacked rookie class and rank them. Again, three quarterbacks and tight ends and five running backs and receivers. Remember the factors that we're going to talk about. Again, rest of season schedule, timeshares, efficiency, snap percentages, all that good stuff that you want to hear. And let's start with quarterbacks with the guest, Mr. Chris Robin. So the quarterbacks, Mr. Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, and Justin Herbert, rank them going on for the rest of the season. Well, rest of the season, it's pretty clear to me. Uh, actually, th- this whole exercise was, uh, I'd like to think that I make quick, uh, decisive decisions here. I don't like like to tinker, let's say. So to me, it's Herbert, Burrow, and uh, Tua in that order. And if you look at what they've done, I mean, anybody, any schmo, uh, any of us here, or anybody that's listening, will listen to this, you can look up their stats all day. It's those uh, immeasurable kind of things. I mean, so we know that uh, Herbert has 19 touchdowns, six interceptions. Burrow has 12 to five his touchdown ratio. Tua has five touchdowns, no interceptions, but obviously he's only started three games. All three of them have about the same completion percentage, about 65 to 66%, Tua being the lowest one here with 63.6%. But if you're giving me the rest of the season, as I think you are, I'm still going to go Herbert. And I've had this argument with, not argument, but this discussion, spirited discussion, let's say, with plenty of people. And they all say, well... Herbert plays on on the Chargers team who doesn't win. Well, here, if we're playing fantasy football, I don't care if the team wins or loses. I care about touchdowns, yardage, and points, and Herbert is doing that. You can see that he's completely uh, expanded this offense. Uh, Jalen Guyton, someone nobody's heard about, is catching 50-yard touchdowns. Donald Parnum Jr., their tight end, who I'd never heard of until four or five weeks ago, is catching touchdowns. He's making this offense wide open, and he's distributing the ball in great uh, in great fashion here. And I'm not trying to put down Joe Burrow or, or Tua to any lesser effect here. I just like Herbert the rest of the season here. He's number one for me in terms of rookie quarterbacks. Mike Clay put out a great graphic today and the Chargers have the raw adjusted or I'm sorry, the raw second best schedule for a quarterback the rest of the way and the 13th best adjusted. So <coughs> looking very good with what Chris Robin was saying. I think they have a good schedule going forward and Herbert has done nothing to take the crown away from him as the top rookie in this class from this first season. Eric, I'll go to you next. These three, how are you ranking them? Uh, I have the same order. So Justin Herbert right now is QB eight and he has 20 points in seven out of his eight games and sneaky rushing upside with three rushing touchdowns. If he played week one and he had his average of 23.8, he'd be QB five, which is crazy because none of us thought he was going to be that good. I have Joe Burrow at two because the defense sucks and he's thrown at least 30 passes in every game. So you know that he's going to be slinging the ball three rushing touchdowns as well, which I don't think people talk about. Two is good, but I, I think the Dolphins game, the 49ers do. So none of those are bad options, but I'm agreeing with Chris on that order. All right. Are we going three for three with Mr. Foosball? Yeah, we are. We're, we're going three for three in the same order. Um, I got Herbert. He's been the clear-cut number one, I think. Really, his kind of dud, quote-unquote, against the Dolphins last week was still comparable to Tua's best game so far. Um, Burrow does have some juicy matchups, which puts him into two. He's got D.C., uh, Washington football team, the Giants, and the Cowboys coming forward, which always gets you a little excited. Uh, and then Tua, while he, you know, he's having you know pretty good stats for a rookie, 
he's not the reason they're winning and he's not throwing up crazy numbers like like Herbert is. All right, and Brad Stradamus. Four for four, man. I don't even want to repeat. <laughs> I don't even want to repeat all the, the uh, great takes that these guys have. I have all the same stats in my notes, and I, I agree completely. All right, then. Well, I'm with you guys. Let's move then to running backs, which should give a little bit more variety here. And we'll start with Doc for this one. You have guys like obviously just uh, James Robinson, Ceh. You have. Um, J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, that guy that plays for the Colts that I feel like most people don't like talking about right now. So I'll talk about him. I was saying he's going to be bad for a while. <laughs> so, Doc, there's others I didn't mention. So give us your top five from five to one. All right. I have Jonathan Taylor at five, and I believe in him long term. I do think he gets volume later in the season. I think the Colts are kind of saving him a little bit. Because an injury to Naeem Hines or Jordan Wilkins is going to is going to have a big boost to his value, and they're both smaller running backs. I've Ceh at four. He has double digits uh, points in eight Ooh. of his nine games. PR scoring. He's he's in a high scoring offense, which means more scoring opportunities. And I think having a change of pace with Le'Veon Bell, he's going to face more tired defenses. I have DeAndre Swift at three. He's officially named the starter. Uh, in his last three weeks, and Chris Robinson knows better than anyone else, 9, 16, and 18 touches. So he's getting more each week. Three-plus catches in eight out of nine games. I just think there's a lot of mouse to feed on that offense. And Stafford's been banged up. So if he sits out a game, I think that really hurts his value. I have Gibson at two. He has seven total touchdowns, and that backfield is him and McKissick. And if Alex Smith continues being a quarterback, I think there's going to be a lot of dump-offs. And for me, Robinson is number one because of the volume. 15 plus touches every game, no competition, double digits every point, every week in the season. And he's RB3 in PPR scoring. So, how can you not have him number one? Bruh. I don't. Yeah, I'm with him. John, that's, do that's you, my, uh, oh, go ahead, Brad. Yeah, I had a much, I had a much different ranking there. So, I had CEH as my number one. Swift <laughs> is my number two. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Brad, 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 I need to give you this. <laughs> I love that. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, uh, yeah, C.E.H. Swift, Gibson three, Robinson four, Taylor, and then Dobbins. So the way I look at it is Taylor and Dobbins are in a timeshare. So they're kind of afterthoughts in this ranking for me. And frankly, I think when Devin Ogzibbo gets back healthy, uh, which looks like in the next couple of weeks, I think they're going to want to give him a spin as well, which contributes to why I don't know really how to value Robinson. Um, I think he could end up being in a timeshare closer to, closer to the end of the year. So that leaves my top three in CEH, Swift, and Gibson. CEH is my number one since he's in the best offense, so the game script favors him the most. He also gets touches through the air with Le'Veon Bell not really contributing anything worth fantasy relevance. And then I go to Swift as he's just been named the starter and ran all over Washington's defense looking like he did in college. Um, I love Antonio Gibson, um, but they're hell-bent on giving McKissick touches, and Gibson gets the bulk of the goal line work, which salvages his value. I like Gibson long-term, but I think he's third on the list for me. And interesting you bring about James Robinson because, again, using the same graphic that Mike Clay's provided for the last six weeks of the fantasy uh, season, the Jags have the 31st both raw and adjusted schedule for running backs. So 31st yeah. as far as in a bad way. So it, it's a really bad schedule for running backs. And he's had, he's had his fair share of duds. Like it's not – he's had great games where he's got, you know, 100 yards plus and you're like, where does this guy come from? But he's also had those, you know, 15 touches, 50-yard kind of games where you're like, all right, what's, what's going to happen here? Is, and, is this guy and really And he still bad? gets you double digits. And he still gets he you double digits. He does, but he's been the workhorse, and Devin Exibo is going to come in, and he's he's going to take some of those carries. So I don't know if that's going to continue. All right, Mr. Foosball. Uh, I disagree with Brad a little bit, um, but it was fairly similar to Eric's, actually. I had uh, Taylor unranked. Don't even need to address it. <laughs> <laughs> Dobbins, down that far. Dobbins, I like it five because that should be such a run-heavy offense, and for some reason, even if they only go down by 10 – they just abandon the run in the most insane way. I think if they really stick to their guns, both them as a team, the Ravens as a team, and Dobbins can really have some success moving forward. 
Um, four, I had CEH based purely on upside, but in the past three games, they've drastically reduced the amount of work he's been doing. He had eight carries, six carries, five carries, averaging 5.75 yards a carry, three and a half yards a carry, and two and a half yards a carry. He's just really not producing to justify putting him in number one, Brad, like at at all. <laughs> I think that's I think that's recency bias a little bit, but I but I do see. I mean, it's 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 recency bias in that it's his last three games, yeah, which is a third of the season so far. Trends, trends matter. Trends matter. Let's let Mr. And Beastie then, hop on in. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish. I was just going to say Gibson at three. Uh, Brad touched on it. McKissick gets too much work for me to really add him in. Alex Smith loves to dump it off to McKissick. Uh, then I've got Swift trending upward. I love him starting. He's going to be a beast. Robinson, despite what you say, Brad, no signs of slowing down. He's my number one. He had two touchdowns called back last week, too. All right. And then, Beastie, how are you feeling for running backs? Sure. I, I, I'm elated with what you guys have been saying because I thought I was going to have to, you know, punch and fight my way out of here <laughs> with ranking James Robinson first overall. I mean, to me, not to be rude to you, Brad, but it, it couldn't be any more clear to me personally that J-Rob is clearly the number one rookie running back at this moment. The the least amount of, of, of rushes he's gotten in the game was in week three, and that was at 11. If you look at the schedule the last few weeks, 22, 25, and 23. If you can guarantee Team me that any any running back was going to get twenty Chris, plus touches. Yes, it's, I, you you make a great point. My argument is not that he he has not been the number one. It's going forward, and I think that at Zibbo, they don't. I don't think any team wants to have a workhorse running back. They want to have a timeshare, and I think them bringing him in is going to hurt his future projections Wait, a little bit. But but I so you're right. Let it, let Chris hop back in here. I think, yeah. uh, uh, Brad, I think in some way you're confusing that James Robinson being number one overall right now and for the next six games in terms of, of next season. James Azigbo is, uh, he's not even on my radar. The guy hasn't played a snap all season, if I remember that correctly. So you're expecting yeah. a guy to come in out of nowhere after being in and out of the hospital, COVID, things of that nature, to just join no, the fray and take care of from j so I, I don't see a, I don't see an issue with anybody taking away you know fifteen or twenty plus touches from James Robinson from now until the end of the season. But as David was saying, I, I have a schedule written down here: Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Minnesota, Tennessee, Baltimore, Chicago, Indianapolis. That's some tough sledding. But if you look at a guy like uh, I don't I hate to say this name, but like Delvin Cook, guy got thirty carries yesterday and he still didn't get a hundred yards. But it doesn't matter to me if you can guarantee twenty plus carries in a game you're going to be in contention as a top 10 back week in and week out week in and week out behind him bringing up the rear is deandre swift here and i want to say this with with complete truth and honesty it has nothing to do with my my detroit roots and my lions fandom swift looks good and swift did exactly what we all thought he was going to do to start the season just some uh, tough sledding the coaches here in detroit are awful matt patricia can go offensive coordinator is what the heck is are these guys doing swift should have been getting the same workload from day one but they figured it out now so i i firmly believe swift uh can be the number one two uh, excuse me the number two overall rookie running back moving forward Three to me is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, simply put, as Brad said, he's in one of the best offenses in the in the league here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is there. Le'Veon Bell doesn't uh, he doesn't upset me as much as some people have said. I mean, I, I know people get fancy on social media saying, well, every time since Le'Veon Bell has come in, it's taken his target share or his percentages away from I don't care. Talent will always win out. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be okay. Uh, these next few, because I, I took uh, six of them that you gave me in the in the sh- uh, show sheet, Gibson, J.K., and Jonathan Taylor. So I didn't even rank J.K. Dobbins, and that hurts me. I like J.K. So I have uh, Gibson, number four, and then uh, J.T. at, uh, excuse me, J.T. at four, and J.K. at uh, at number five here. So both guys, especially J.K., he's in a system where uh, – Obviously, we knew that that uh, J.K. was the is the heir apparent there uh, to Mark Ingram, but Mark Ingram is still rumbling, rumbling and fumbling down the field here. So until we can get a safer uh, 
you know, pecking order in Baltimore, JK is going to have to ride the pine here. So JT, uh, what do you do? I think every week we talk about this where uh, this is the week, this is the week it's going to happen. It was supposed to be last weekend. It was supposed to be the weekend before that. So I'm sure I'll start it now. This is the week that JT is going to break out. Week 11 is the week here. So uh, all fantastic (laughs) running backs again, Robinson, Swift, Clyde, Gibson, JT. All right, Eric, go ahead. You can hop in now. Well, I was going to say, when Brad made that point of teams don't want to use a workhorse running back, what do the Jags have to lose? He's an undrafted free agent. It's not like he's in a contract year. They spend an early round pick on him. They could literally do this with somebody else next year. I don't think they have an incentive to rest him. Well, we got two uh, on Brad now. What is carry? They do have an incentive to rest him. They're trying to tank for Trevor Lawrence, number one. Number two, uh, uh, Raquel yeah, Armstead is the one that had – Raquel Armstead is the one that had COVID. Um, Devin Ogzibbo just has a hamstring, and he's a 24-year-old running back. They want to see what he's got. Like, he's just been hurt all year. He literally hasn't taken a snap. There's been nobody to challenge James Robinson in the backfield. Like, I think there's something to be said for he's been a workhorse running back, and he's been excellent. But that doesn't mean that they're not looking to see what they have in other uh, players on their roster, especially in a season that they're not competing for the playoffs or anything going forward. So I I don't think it's crazy to assume that a young, healthy running back is going to take some carries away from James Robinson. I just want to ask Brad, just off the top of your head, how many Absolutely. carries do you think Devin Azigbo has in his uh, two-year NFL career? Like five, it's, it's not a lot. He's had nine carries for twenty-seven <laughs> yards. So, right. so to say that, so the, playing... that that Jacksonville wants to see what this kid has, well, clearly he doesn't have much. And James they Robinson had, has one hundred fifty-five carries. My guy, they had Leonard Fournette last, but they year, drafted him fifth overall. There was a reason why you know Leonard Fournette is Leonard Fournette. You're not going you to compare he... Leonard Fournette to Devin Azigbo. No, I'm saying he didn't get carries last year because they had Leonard Fournette. This he was in year, and out they of the not, lineup with injuries. This right, year, well, they do not have Leonard Fournette. I love the, de- so I love the debate. I, listen, I, I agree that James Robinson has had a hell of a year, and I I do think it's an easier case to be made that he's going to be the workhorse running back going forward. I just think as, as teams are trying to get running back by committees and they don't want to give their young running backs all these carries, I think it makes sense a team playing for nothing might look to give a healthy running back more carries. But I, I hear your point. I, I, your I hear your point. And I right, hear well, yours. I, I Great discussion on both you ends. a nice edible arrangement when I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's go from the edible arrangement and let's go to wide receivers. And I want to go to my man, Johnny Foosball, because I uh, want to get him back in here. And top five wide receivers, and this is probably the deepest of all the positions. And I only listed six guys, but there could have been more on this list. I, You know, there's Chase Claypool and you have Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy, C. Lamb, T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, you know, uh, Jalen Rager. There's there's just a lot of different directions you can go for this. So from five to one, give us your wide receivers. You know, after all that contentiousness, I just want to go find that a what's going to be well known as a consensus consensus number five receiver, rookie receiver moving forward. Henry Ruggs, the smoothest wide receiver <laughs> yeah. in the game. <laughs> had a little bit of a disappointment because he's been he's he had a little bit of a down season because he's been injured, harder to get the chemistry with uh, Derek Carr, but he's been so close to breaking through in these last few games. He had a touchdown like that was called back that was a touchdown, and you can look at it on replay. Uh, he had about a 45-yard bomb that he had about one and a half feet in. And then he just missed on a long touchdown last week. I think they really tightened that stuff up. And David, you saw him. You saw him against the Chiefs. 115 yards and a touchdown on two <laughs> catches. On two catches. <laughs> yeah, this number is right in. <laughs> number four, I had Justin Jefferson. I, he's been uh, crazy good this year. I just think the matchups moving forward don't really favor him as much. Or I'd have him higher. He's got the Saints, Bucks, and the Bears again. Uh, the Bears particularly uh, are a tough matchup. Uh, Claypool is my number three. He's been very inconsistent, but the upside's there. And do I do I dare say I was wrong about Ben Roethlisberger this year? Yeah, yeah at least so. you're publicly admitting it. I never shame. <laughs> uh, and then number two, I've got Ayuk. With all the injuries going on down there, somehow he's sort of sidestepped it, and he's getting a massive amount of work recently. Fourteen targets last week. Fourteen. 
And then number one, T. Higgins. I said it uh, earlier, he's really getting some chemistry with Joe Burrow moving forward. They're going to be down a lot, and he's been shockingly consistent as their receiver. All right, let's go to Brad next. Brad, five through one. I like that list a lot. I, I guess I'm a little hot takey here. I have Lamb at five, um, Judy at four, Ayuk at three. Or sorry, Lamb at six, Judy at five, Ayuk at three, or four, Higgins at three, Claypool at two, and Jefferson one. You're throwing too many num- too many numbers at, at I, that point right now, Brad. So let, let's explain then. You have Jefferson at one, and after John had him at, you said four, right? Four, yeah. That's, that's, an, that's an expert hedge, John, when you just throw all the numbers out so you can never <laughs> Um So I think Jefferson and Claypool are far and away the one and two of this group. Um, I don't have a strong argument to choose either of them over each other, but I lean Jefferson number one because – I think he's more likely to be the number one receiver in, in the real in his real life team. Um, and Claypool is kind of a, a close second to there. Um, I think the point you made about matchups is a great one, John. Um, they have a very tough passing schedule coming up. But when I think you're looking at rookies and that are in the top twenty in PPR, they're kinda they're kind of matchup proof to me. I, I think those kind of guys as rookies are guys where I'm not too worried about what the matchup is looking like. I think they're just going to get targets. They're going to get the ball, and they're going to do something with it. Um, at next, I go Higgins because Burrow has really lit up the board on the past attempts, and in the PPR league, Higgins is going to get a good target share, if not the biggest target share on his team. And then the last three are kind of in the lowest tier of the bunch because none of them has a starting QB to throw to them. I feel very comfortable with them in Dynasty, but in a redraft league, there's no desire for me to start any of those guys if I don't have to. Um, you're kind of plugging them in and hoping that their talent will lead to production. Chris, I hope yours is completely different from Brad, from Brad so we can go to round two here. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it absolutely is. So uh, of the six that you gave me in the sheet, I, I added a few. Hope you don't mind. I have I have like uh, Denzel Mims, Ayuk, and Jerry Judy kind of in you know, hanging out all together at the bottom of this one here. But to me, it reads Lamb is number five, right? Uh, Everybody was all in on Lamb after a few games. Dak goes down and people have completely forgotten about CeeDee Lamb, which is kind of well warranted. But, you know, as I've said about the running backs, talent will always win out. So I have Lamb, Claypool, you know, Claypool being there, you know, with a couple other playmakers there kind of makes me nervous. I have Michael Pittman at three in Indianapolis. He, he is clearly, he is clearly, tell me a guy, tell me another wide receiver on that team who is, who is the wide receiver one, Michael Pittman, after what he's done in the last only one game, one or two games is now the wide receiver one in Indianapolis, which I guess you could argue, well, you got Phil Rivers as the quarterback, but Oh, well, Michael Pittman is three. I have uh, J.J., Justin Jefferson at number two. And then the undisputed number one is absolutely T. Higgins. All right. Well, some different names thrown in there, which I like, and a little bit of variety. Not as much arguing this time <laughs> between you and Brad, which is disappointing for this round. Is that but, why you uh, brought listen, me on the show, to get in fights was, with all the people on your show <laughs> and make, you, make me look like a real jerk? Huh? No, it's funny because if not a fight or an argument, I just feel strongly about running back, workhorse running backs, and I don't know. I, I respect, see. I respect your passion. I passion. I feel the same way. If we're not passionate and if we're not going all in on our content, then what's the point? People could easily poke holes in it, and we would look like fools. So I respect I your, also, your passion. I also just love to argue. <laughs> you just said it wasn't an argument, so now we're going to argue that it wasn't an argument. <laughs> Uh, this is great podcasting right here. Let's go to the doc to round this one out. All right. Well, I have Claypool at number five. He only has 100 yards once this year. He has a touchdown on 20% of his catches. I don't see that being sustainable. David, I see you getting the soundboard ready to try to poop on my takes. No, God. Um, <laughs> Deontay, Deont- Deontay Johnson has, has been in and out. I just think there's too many mouths to feed. I have Ayuk at number four. He has 24 targets the past two weeks. Debo's out. Kittle's out. All our running backs are out. So the 49ers game script is them falling behind and passing. I have Jerry Judy at three. He has 32 targets this past three weeks. I think he's stepping into the wide receiver one role for um, the Broncos. He has five-plus targets in eight out of ten's game. 
He also gave the least amount of effort I've ever seen on a two-point conversion where he didn't even try and keep two feet in bounds. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We don't talk about try and keep, He didn't even try and keep one in. <laughs> well, we, 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 only, we only talk the positives. Justin Jefferson's number two. Um, I honestly think he's the most talented, but Kirk Cousins is so inconsistent. Um, last week against Detroit, he threw 20 times, and there's three games that are heavy team and that affects Jefferson's uh, output. And then T. Higgins, number one. I thought that was going to be a bold take, but I'm glad you guys all agree. No, him I, and Burrow I've been on the T. Higgins train for a while. I said him and Miko Hardman were the only wide receiver handcuffs this year. Um, and he's catching 65.5% of the balls thrown his way. So Burrow's looking that way often because he knows that him and Higgins have that connection. So go ahead, David. <laughs> that because he'll do it on everyone. No, I let you finish out without me having to, to poop on you too much. I like the variety in there. I, I, I thought it was I interesting. Go ahead. I was going to say, I hope you poop your pants right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, one thing I will take away is that three of the four of you have Justin Jefferson in your top two. So that schedule doesn't scare you guys away. So if I have Justin Jefferson, I'm feeling confident if I'm listening right now. So that's that's good to hear. Let's go to the last part here, and that's going to be the position no one likes talking about, but we talk about them anyway, those poopy old tight ends. (laughs) That's what you like talking about. And we'll start with Brad. You've got Cole Komet, Adam Troutman, Harrison Bryant. I don't think there's been any other tight ends that have even been close to – maybe there's some that have had a catch, but these are the three obviously names. I think there's no other names to even talk about. So those three, what order are you putting them in? I uh, I literally took no notes. I refused to waste my time looking at any of these rookie tight ends. Uh, the only one that might be worth it to me is uh, uh, Harrison Bryant, but even him, like you got to worry about David and Joku. Like I, I I I don't like any of those names. All right, Mr. Beastie. Yeah, of everybody you named, my favorite one wasn't even on the list. He he went down with an ACL tear. That's Albert O.K., as I call him, in Denver. Uh, He was on a nice little path there, you know, uh, clear uh, playing time. But uh, I'm with Brad here for once, for a change. I love Harrison (laughs) Bryant the most here. Uh, If you look at at all the guys that that you get asked of us, Cole Komet, Adam Troutman, and, and Harrison Bryant, he has the most targets. He has the most yardage. He's got three touchdowns. I mean, from a, a production standpoint, it's got to be Harrison Bryant. He's a he's a very gifted receiver, and he just went to a crappy spot. Uh, David Njoku, uh, what used to be a thing for a moment, he's not a thing anymore. I think long term, Harrison Bryant uh, will be the the best white uh, tight end. Excuse me, from the twenty twenty draft class. All right, Doc, how are you feeling about this one? Yeah, I got Harrison Bryant one. Uh, he flashed upside with that four for fifty six and two touchdown game. Um, so I think maybe he's had some rapport with Baker. I actually like Troutman too. Jared Cook looks old. I've been off that train since last year. And yeah. since Jameis is coming in, maybe the second stringers have that connection. You never know. And then three, Cole Komet. Bears are a mess. Enough said. All right, Johnny, wrap this up for uh, us. Well, the, the joke doesn't land as well because Brad already stole it. I literally had written down, Bryant first, I guess. Don't make me rank the rest. <laughs> so, in lieu of that, I'm putting together. I put together a little uh, a rookie kicker because you didn't have that position listed. Tyler Bass, number one. Rodrigo Blankenship, number two. Moving forward. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this is a pro kicker podcast, so I had good that you threw that in there. But- Extra credit for you, John. <laughs> I will give you the uh, the crowd choice noise for you for that one. All right. Great job, gentlemen, as I feel like everybody can look going forward the rest of the season, know who to make sure that they put in their lines if they have these rookies who maybe they should be a little bit more hesitant of. But that with that being said now, let's move to our question of the week, sponsored by Manscaped. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. All right. And as sponsored by Manscaped, brace yourselves, winter is coming. Man, do I miss Game of Thrones. What the writers of Game of Thrones didn't want to tell you was that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy, I thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. And I want you guys to trim as confidently as Brad is about workhorse running backs. And you can do that with the new lawnmower. 3.0 3.0 trimmer. It's waterproof, advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts, and even has a light to help with a close shave. 
I want it to look clean and smooth. And that's what you'll get with this. It's got a ball toner also keep you fresh down there at all times. Maybe you're on the side of the fence where you don't know when your next shower is. And no worries. <laughs> they have the crop mop ball wipes, which are just for you. And maybe you need that refined cologne so you can smell like a refined gentleman and smell good everywhere. On top of everything, they even thrown in the shed travel bag to carry your goods and the manscaped and anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. So if this all sounds good to you, I need you to go to manscaped.com and enter code triple play and you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. And yeah, yeah, that's that's an actual deal for you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code triple play at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. Why does might as well wake them uh, beautiful? You know, these products are snow joke. So who is or who was the best fourth quarter coach of all time? So BC, you're the guest. I'm starting with you. Sure. I, again, like you guys with tight ends, I completely blanked on this question. I didn't have anything written down. Uh, just off the top of my head, I want to say Pete Carroll uh, in Seattle. You know, there's been a ton of games in, in recent memory. You know, it, it's late in the fourth quarter. They're in Seattle. It's cold. It's rainy. It's crappy. And then if you look at his quarterback, Russell Wilson, he's tied for the fourth most uh, co- uh, comebacks for a QB in the fourth quarter. So I'd like to think Pete Carroll has some say in that. So I'm going to go Pete Carroll in Seattle. Doc. I'm going Bill Belichick. And I know everybody's like, oh, he's had Tom Brady. But this year, the Patriots almost came back and won in Seattle in the fourth quarter. And then they should have tied or even potentially won a game in Buffalo if Cam Newton didn't fumble. I think Bill Belichick has a really good game plan, and you can never count him out. Mr. Foosball. I was also uh, going Bill Belichick, and, I mean, he proved it on Sunday night. What other coach can bring the elements into the game to just take the other team out? And then it wasn't fourth quarter, but just the I'll take the wind moment where he decided to kick and take the wind in overtime is just absurd. (laughs) (laughs) Brad, where are you going for this one? Yeah, it's an interesting question because it's not something I think about normally – when I think about fourth quarter, I think about fourth quarter players more than I do fourth quarter coaches. Um, the guy I picked, I hate his gut, but I'm going to go with Tom Coughlin. The mm. Super Bowl wins <laughs> against the Patriots are cemented in my brain is improbable, and the way they were won was especially memorable. So I'm going to go with him. So I could say Bill Belichick because of the 28 to three comeback. That, that alone would make me. But, I mean, most of that was in the fourth quarter. He had to come back. <laughs> so, But I will go a different answer, and I will say Mike Vrabel because Ooh. of yeah. the clock management little tricks that he knows that he's using. I know he said he learned from Bill Belichick, but I see him use it more than any other coach, like t- having penalties on the field to kill 30 seconds of clock to try to give the other team less time to come back. He's the only coach I really remember seeing do it as regularly point. as he does. So, um he to be that smart and know those situations for me, he gets that award. Honorable mention to Kyle Shanahan. Uh, he lost a Super Bowl, two Super Bowls. So that was, he gets no that was sarcasm, you dink. Honorable mention. <laughs> if we can do honorable mentions, I'm going to honorably mention Wayne Fonts here in uh, in Detroit in the Barry Sanders days. Oh, I like it. I can't believe it, nobody brought up uh, Dan Quinn as a great fourth quarter guy who closes <laughs> out tons of games for the other team. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I like it. All right. Let's go to our last segment, and that's our game of the week. BC, tell me you know what that's from. It sounded familiar, but I can't. Uh, I can't figure it out. I can't name it at this moment in time. Did you ever play the GameCube? Uh, yeah, the only uh, Legend of Zelda and I believe Kingdom Hearts. Okay, so that, that's the GameCube theme. I love that it's, one of, it's on my soundboard. So, game of the week, and we are playing I'm Faster Than Ya. And fun fact, Tyreek Hill got his Twitter handle from this game. So, I'm going to give you guys three players, and you guys are going to tell me who had the fastest 40 time of that group of three players. Each correct answer is one point, and we have ten total questions. Do we so, buzz in? No. So <laughs> how this is going to work, we'll go around in order. So like I'll start with Chris, Doc, John, Brad, and then Eric, you start the next one and so on. Um, but obviously, uh, 
there's three different answers to pick from. So I'm not saying the first person picked it right, but keep track of your own score. We'll do score updates a couple times throughout the game. All right. See so the most it, out of 10. Is it the fastest 40? The fastest 40, 40 out of the group of three that I give you, yes, from their okay. combine. And these are all rookies because we was a rookie-themed episode. Oh, okay. All right, here we go. Number one, and BC, you're a guest, so you're going to be the first one to answer. We're starting with the wide receiver group. We have Darnell Mooney, Antonio Gibson, who was listed as a wide receiver at the combine, and Devin Duvernay. Uh, I think it was uh... – Oh, shit, I'm gonna excuse my language. I'm gonna no, go. No, you're good. Mooney. You're good. I'm going Mooney. All right, Doc. I'm going Devin Duvernay. John. I'm also going Duvernay. And Brad. Gibson. The correct answer by point zero one seconds is Darnell Mooney. Four three eight. Antonio Gibson ran four three nine, and so did Devin Duvernay. <laughs> so Chris Robin on the board by himself with one big old point. Let's go to question two. Running back group, Darrington Evans, Anthony McFarland Jr., and Jonathan Taylor. And we'll start with Doc this time. Uh, I'm going to go Anthony McFarland. John. I'm going to go Evans. I feel like McFarland wasn't that fast at Maryland. Brad. I'm going to go Evans. And Beastie. McFarland. The kid looks electric on the field. So you guys took a big zero that round. The correct answer is Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor ran a 4-3-9. Darrington Evans ran a 4-4-1. And McFarlane ran a 4-4-4. So, so who's still John in the lead? Wrote, just, just to be uh, clear, who's still in the lead? I, yeah, I was right that McFarlane wasn't, didn't look that fast, though. Beastie in the lead. Really Beastie bad. in the lead through two questions. one zero zero zero. Wide receiver group, again, for question three. We have Chase Claypool, Justin Jefferson, and Denzel Mims, starting with John. Denzel Mims. Brad. I'm going to go Jefferson. Beastie. Uh, I'm going Mims just because John was, like, emphatic about it. So he must know <laughs> something I don't. Doc. Yeah, I, I'm, going, I'm going Mims as well. John, did you watch his combine or something? Because you are correct. No, he's a, listen to his name, Mims. He's fast. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Mims ran a four three eight. Chase Claybill ran a four four two, and Justin Jefferson ran a four four three. So we have Beastie with two, Doc and John each with one, and Brad with zero. All right, let's go to quarterbacks. We have <laughs> Cole McDonald, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Herbert, and we're starting with Brad. I have no idea who McDonald is. I'm going to go with Hurts. <laughs> It was a thin group, that's for sure. VC, are you going? I'm going to go Justin Herbert. Why not? What is he? He's got 37 carries already. So, Doc? It's going to be because we've all never heard of this Cole McDonald guy. It's going to be him. Yeah. Or it's oh, reverse psychology. Is it that dude out of Hawaii? He is out of Hawaii. Oh, okay. That seals it. That seals it. It's McDonald out of Hawaii. That <laughs> information he... wasn't made available when I when I <laughs> made my selection. Does it matter if he's went from Hawaii or not? No, I was Born and raised out who the guy was. If you guys want to change your answer, I, I mean, I didn't say who it was yet. I just said it with the college you went to. No, I'm, no. I'll stick with Herbert. <laughs> so hold on, who? So Herbert, Brad, you're going with Hertz or? Yeah, I'm going Hertz. And then you guys are both going McDonald. Yeah. yeah. The answer is Cole McDonald. Four five eight at Hawaii. Jalen Hurts ran a four five nine and Justin Herbert ran a four six eight. All right, if so I we lose, got two two two. If I lose, it's under protest because I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there's always an asterisk in these yeah. games. All right, question four, and we got the running back group. And we have CH. Huh? So we're at question five, you dink. What did I say? Oh, okay, question five. C.H., DeAndre Swift, and Cam Akers. And we're starting with Beastie. Akers. Eric. Uh, Akers. Akers. John. I'll also go Cam Akers. Brad. I'll go Swift. The correct answer is the Ake man. Mr. Cam Akers ran a 4.47. DeAndre Swift ran a 4.48. And Clyde ran a 4.60. But also Kareem Hunt ran a four six zero, so can't sleep on just thinking he's slow because he's fine. Yeah, he's so, averaging upwards of two yards a carry last game. Give him time; he'll be fine. Uh, 
So we had three people get that one right. Brad, you're still an O for me. We got to get you on the board. Here. <laughs> you got go. a 33% shot of getting it, Brad. <laughs> Let's See, go my, to- my strategy is I have to go with different answers than you guys to even catch up. That's true. That is very true. But each of you guys got three, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Question Brad's six. Out Brad's out of it. I do have an emergency one if we have a tie. Question six. We're going back to the uh, – no, we're going to the tight end group this time. We have Mr. Albert O himself, Cole Komet, and Stephen Sullivan. And we're starting with Doc. David, your fiance's last name is Sullivan, so I'm going with that. <laughs> I, like it. I like it. Okay. I'll, I'll go with Cole Komet. There had to be a reason they got him. <laughs> Red? I'm going to go with Komet. And Beastie? Come back. The answer. Mr. Albert O with a 449. <sighs> Steven Sullivan with a 466. And Cole Komet with a 470. The slowest. So it was indefensible. Yeah. <laughs> the Cole Komet <laughs> draft pick. Who did Dude, why Sullivan did, why did you have the last person's name be Sullivan? Because I knew it wasn't Cole Komet. Because you, you think I'm too easy just to try to give you those types of hints. I got to make sure. sure you don't just. Um, you asked Brad where who team he played for? Yeah. He plays for Seattle, or he's on their team at least. Was he like the third, fourth string? I don't even I, – I think yeah, I think he's yeah. like fourth string. Practice he, squad. Um, all right. Next one. I think we believe we're on question seven. Seven. We have C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, and Jalen Rager. And we're starting with John. I'm going to go Jalen Rager. Brad. I'm going to go Rager. Chris. Oh, I'm going to go Lamb. I, obviously, you guys know something about Rigger. I don't, but I'm going to go Lamb. And uh, I think it's Rager. I think it's Rager because Philly just drafts speedsters. All right. We got another Ofer because the correct oh. answer is Jerry Judy. He ran a 4.45. Rager ran a 4.47. And Lamb ran a 4.5. So are you guys still stuck at three right now? Yeah, it's, we're not. We're yeah. pretty much. Like Correct. it's like we're just guessing at random. We're yeah, definitely... I'm, stuck at, I'm stuck at three two. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, I'm rooting for you to get on the board here. Please don't get shut out. We need we need this for the good of the show. He could still tie it realistically. He could. He could. <laughs> All right. Question eight. Going to quarterbacks again. Jacob Eason, Jordan Love, and Steven Montez. And we are starting with Brad. I'm going to go Montez with a 4.58. <laughs> if that's correct, I get 10 points. <laughs> <laughs> if, you guys, if you guys do the handshake to accept that to bring him in, I'll give it to him. Yeah, if he, if he can guess the, the 40 accurately by the hundredth of the second, then why not? <laughs> Fair enough. Beastie. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, what, what the heck was his name? Uh, Love, Jordan Love, sure. Jordan Love? All right, yeah. Eric? I'm going Jacob Easton. And John. One of us is going to come out ahead here. I'm going Montez. The answer is Jordan Love. Oh. Four, seven, uh, he ran a 474. Montez ran a 478. And Jacob Easton ran a 489. Eric, if you didn't pick Easton, I would have gone Love, but I wanted, to, wanted one of us to separate. All right. Oh. Let's move to question nine. BC's got a one point lead. Here we go. And we are going wide receivers. We have Brandon Ayuk, Donovan Peoples-Jones. John's one of his favorite. He's the Peoples-Jones. Mine too. And you you also have one of your other favorites, Henry Ruggs. Oh, well, that's okay. Go ahead, Beastie. It's Henry Ruggs. It's not even close. Didn't he have the best time in in all the land? Uh, Well, I'll tell you. Yeah, I got to go Henry Ruggs. Brad, I'll get you on the board. I know for a fact it's Henry Ruggs. Just say Peoples Jones. Just the, let, let's support the University of Michigan here, Brad. Go ahead. I'm gonna go Peoples Jones. <laughs> Did that for our guy Beastie here. Thanks. The answer is Henry Ruggs. Ran a four two seven. To be honest, I ran out of wide receivers to pick that you guys. I was I was wondering if you were gonna leave out Ruggs because it was really obvious, but yeah. <laughs> I wanted to. But to be honest, like it was so slim pickings at this point because I was picking thirty guys, thirty rookies. And I was trying to do it for the skill position. So free one for all of you Ooh, guys. A, a defensive tackle one would have been pretty fun. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's funny that you free, say that. Free one for all of us. Free one for it's all of us except you, for Brad. 
it's funny you say that because <laughs> our 10th and final one is offensive tackles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and starting with Doc, we have Tristan Wirfs, Jedrick Wills, and Mikai Becton. I feel like I know this. All right, it's, de- it's definitely not Becton. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Tristan Wirfs. All right, John. Where there's a Wills, there's a way. All right. Oh wow, and that's right. Red. That's right. Because you said that. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Worth. All right, and Mr. Beastie. What was uh, John's? Uh, which one did he pick? You picked Wills. Yep. Wills? Yeah, I'm with I'm with Wills here. All right. The answer is Tristan Wirfs. Ah. <laughs> four, four tied, right? So we have a four eight five four eight five for Wirfs. Jedrick Wills with a five oh five and Mikai Becton with a five ten. All right. Or five point one, whatever it is. All right, I did luckily I put a bonus one in there just for this. So it's down to you two at the bottom. Will the guests take it? We are going to running backs. Oh, I'm trying to say, okay, there we go. There we go. (laughs) So I think Beastie. I guess, or do we just buzz in first? No, no, no. Uh, You started first last time. So Chris will start this one and then you pick. All right. So we have Zach Moss, Josh Kelly, and Eno Benjamin. Oh, I'm going N.O. Benjamin all day on that one, Arizona State guy. Yeah, that, that's what I'm going to. I don't want to pick a di- a, one to be different. No, boo, Eric. You don't want to be different? The other, the other you should have made, made him buzz in just, for the tiebreaker. Just know I want I want uh, Doc to know that the tie goes to the guest. So if you want a tie, that's fine. But uh, so I will ultimately win. But All right, so you both are locking in Eno Benjamin. Yeah, the others are slow. Well, you both are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is Josh Kelly ran a 4.49. Eno Benjamin ran a 4.57. And Zach Moss ran a 4.65. So here's what we're going to do for the last tiebreaker here. I want you, uh, John, to pick any rookie in the NFL that I I did not name. Any rookie? Or pick any – oh, sorry, pick any player in the NFL. No. um, I'm going to choose – um, Heath, the safety who picked off Mahomes. Who? On the Raiders. Jeff Heath. Jeff Heath. <laughs> All right. So we got this. Yeah. And whoever gets the closest is going to win. All right. Here we go. <laughs> I have his time. Whoever gets the closest right. to his time. And Eric, we're starting with you. Since is it price? You have to. Is it price is right? Can you go over? Is it just. Who's ever closest? I like the price is right if you go over. Uh, All right. Price is right without going over. Price is right rules. I'm going to – can I go? Uh, uh, Eric's, well, Eric's supposed to start, but if you want to – Eric, do you want to let him go uh, first? Or? No, go ahead, Eric. No, I want to go first. 4 6 2 Beastie. Well, then I'll go 4 6 3 <laughs> We're playing price is right rules, right? You're allowed to do that, can't you? I hate All that. right. The answer – for the win. Four four eight. Oh, he's fast. Ooh. So Eric's technically closest. <laughs> they both went over. So we'll go one more. We'll go no, one no, more. no. We're calling it for Eric. <laughs> no, we'll go, we'll go one more. Brad, give me a player. All right. I'm gonna go with Trent Williams. Tackle for the 49ers. All right, but you said you guys wanted to do prices right rules for that one, so we'll December is going to do whoever's closest because you both went over, so technically you both get it wrong. True. All right, Trent Williams, 40 time. I have it right here, and we'll start with Beastie this time. What position is this kid? He's left tackle for the Niners, and he's uh, split for the Skins. I'm going to go 4-8-2. Doc. He's frozen. No, but- that's fake. That's fake. <laughs> I... I think Eric would have said 4.83 as a little revenge. Well, I'm going to say this, that Beastie, the answer is 4.81. Wow. <laughs> I don't think he's getting anywhere close to that. So due to yeah, his technical difficulties, due to his technical difficulties and the fact you got 0.01 seconds off, I'm calling you the winner <laughs> of the Faster Than Yug game. 
Nice job to take it away from Eric, snatch it from the jaws of his victory, and take it for yourself. So I want to give you the FaceTime for the victory. Whatever you're working on. That doesn't matter. You lost the game. I guessed for you, Eric, and I guessed incorrectly. All right, you're done. You're done. Beastie, I want to give you – you were going to go 477, you still lost. It was 481, and he guessed 482. No right. way. It was, I swear. I, I wrote it listen, down. Yeah, I didn't even listen to it back when we play it. All right. Beastie, Good job, then. I want you to plug anything you're working on and what you're doing and where they can find you on Twitter. And I also want to thank you for coming on the show. Well, I, I have to say thank you to you guys here. I had a blast. Uh, we went through a roller coaster of emotions to start the show to where we are now. Uh, you can find me at Detroit Beastie. Bottom of the Barrel is out now. That's my my lovely DFS article. It's my bread and butter. IDP waiver wire coming out in the morning. DST streamings article coming out Thursday. Uh, I'd like to think if you're looking for me, you don't have to look hard. So uh, thank you for having me, boys. And of course, uh, love having you on again. You know, we've been, you know, plugging your stuff for a while because you put out great content and I know you bring a lot of good opinions and, and everything like that. So I'm glad. And go ahead, Brad. You will receive a tweet for every carry Devin Ogzibo gets this year. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Brad, are you doing it from your account or the show account? The show account. Okay. <laughs> what am I going to do when I, my phone buzzes three times the rest of the season? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Make sure you follow Chris Robin at Detroit Beastie on Twitter. Again, if you're trying to get more into fantasy, if you want to retool your fantasy knowledge, it's a great follow for that. Until next week, we will dive into more fun topics, games, and questions. Good luck in week 11. We will see you guys 